Today, well, this is exciting because someone who has been a figure around the Australian and international music scene for a long time, Jane Gazzo, joins me. And Jane, look, your career, wow, it's been really extensive. And you've decided to write a book about John Farnham. So what I want to start with asking, I mean, you've spoken and interviewed everyone from Elton John to Kylie Minogue through to Lady Gaga. What is it? that attracted you to talking about John Farnham? Uh, well, writing about John Farnham. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the nice intro, Pip. Um, I, I've always been interested in pop stars and rock stars. Just by, just by my very nature, I'm a curious person, certainly when it comes to musicians of any kind, and I read and devour uh, rock music biographies and autobiographies. And I was working in music television a number of years ago, and I had to do a Whispering Jack 25th anniversary special. And I actually, because I love to research, I actually couldn't find much on John Farnham, which when you consider he's a national treasure in this country, certainly considered one, um, there wasn't a lot out there that I could find that I didn't already know. I mean, apart from, you know, your general Wikipedia page or, you know, just just general stuff that you find in in music books as, you know, small kind of uh, entries. Um, I wanted to find out more and I couldn't believe that there would had only been one book written about John back in 1989 that is now sadly out of print and it only went up to 1989 and I uh, I, I really wanted to remedy this and I, I, being a curious person by my very nature, wanted to find out more. And what did you find was, I suppose, there was quite an expanse. What was untold about John Farnham? Well, the reason why I called it The Untold Story is because there are so many untold stories in the book, not just about John, but the people around him and the people that worked with him right from uh, his childhood right through to to present day. And when I say so many people, I'm talking about I found uh, high school friends. I found I had to tr- I tracked one high school friend down in Germany that went to Lindale High School in Melbourne with John. Uh, he he'd never spoken about John and couldn't believe I'd found him. Uh, John's first ever manager, uh, who's from a town in South Australia called Gawla, his name was Daryl Samble, and he pretty much made John Farnham who he is today or certainly had a hand in John's success with Sadie, the cleaning lady, back in 1967 uh, and, and managed him for eight years. And there hadn't, in that, in that other book that I managed to track down, there wasn't really much about him and nothing had really been uh, explored further uh, as far as getting to know who Daryl Samble was and how he discovered John Farnham at the age of 16 performing in a tiny country town in Victoria. So I really wanted to tell his untold story and then I found the first band that ever performed with John. John was in a band for two years prior to Sadie called Strings Unlimited uh, and they played all around the Melbourne outer suburbs and um, I tracked down members of this band and again they had never spoken to any person in the media, let alone someone writing a book on John, about their time playing with John in Strings Unlimited and how they how they uh, found John and, and all the rest of it. And there's just so many little stories in the book that it, it seemed natural to call it the untold story. When you did go to find all of those people, and it sounds like it would have been a bit of work trying to track them down, but were they, were they willing to, t- to speak to you or were they a little bit reluctant? The wonderful thing about John Farnham is that everybody has a 
a story about John and they're all warm and they're all fantastic. And I think because he's been part of our, our the Australian musical landscape for so long, you know, I was finding that when I was getting into cabs during the writing of the book, I would you know, just speak to the cab driver and go, oh, what do you reckon about John Farnham? Just because I was knee deep in John Farnham stuff. And, uh, you know, even the, even cab drivers I would talk to, oh, you know, he was in my cab once or, you know, I had to do lights for mm. him at a show. And I just find out all these stories. So uh, most of the people I, I tracked down and discovered couldn't believe, A, I'd found them and B, yes, were more than willing to tell their stories because uh, they'd never been told before. And, and as I said, everyone's got a story to tell, especially as someone as, as loved as John. In all of these stories and all of these anecdotes, what did you find most surprising or intriguing? Oh, Pip, there were so many things I didn't know about John Farnham that I thought I knew. And um, even even the uh, former fan club president, Tanya Gillette, she was uh, John Farnham's fan club manager during the Whispering Jack years. Uh, even she said she didn't know half the stuff that, that, oh, wow. that I discovered. Um I mean, things like things like where's how how Sadie the cleaning lady came into John's hands. I mean, it's a, it's a song that we 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 write off as a, as a novelty tune from 1967, but the song that launched John's career. And I mean, and that was written in Philadelphia, uh, in the American town of Philadelphia, by three writers who had written songs for artists like Leslie Gore and Chubby Checker, and they still don't know to this day how a song from Philadelphia about a cleaning lady got to Melbourne, Australia in the late 60s. But I, I managed to track down one of the writers of the song. And he said, you know, he, he was just enamoured that somebody found him because, again, he'd never spoken about having a hand in a song like that that is, you know, I mean, John's career has gone on for, for countless decades. And, you know, he's very proud of the fact that that was John's first song. But then I found the writers of You're the Voice. You know, we always think that many people think that John wrote the song because it's, you know, it's like an Australian anthem. Yeah. I think it's it's considered un-Australian if you don't know the words to You're the Voice. But I, I tracked down the writers of that song. They're four Brits. Uh, no way! Them, uh, four British guys. One was a touring member of Ice House, a British guy that toured with the Australian band Ice House. Uh, another guy was from Procol Harum, White a Shade of oh my uh, Pale. Gosh. And another one was a backing singer for the Eurythmics. And they, they actually uh, wrote the song in London one cold winter in December, and it was supposed to be a Christmas tune. <laughs> And I just, and you know, there's all these little stories, which again, I, you know, it just, they're just, I, I loved finding out each and every one of them and meeting the people behind the stories. And it just seemed fitting to call it John Farnham, the untold story. Yeah, definitely. With everything that you have learned, what do you think is the biggest myth or misconception around the figure? Because he is very much in popular consciousness. So what is the biggest misconception about him, do you think? sure that John Farnham has any misconceptions about him because he's very much a man of what you see is what you get and he's a man of the people and he's a man that just loves doing what he does which is entertaining audiences and putting a hundred percent of himself into each and every show and I don't think I don't think there were I, I mean I certainly that wasn't certainly my my mission to, to find or knock down any of those misconceptions because they didn't come up they didn't mm. arise I think one thing that came up for me was the word loyalty time and time again when talking to countless people from different eras of John's career from you know the, the 70s the 80s the 90s present day uh, the word loyalty just comes came to mind constantly and and was often was often touted because 
John's such a loyal man to his band. You know, he's had the same musicians in his band for, for countless years. Some some are nearing 25 years he's been playing with some of the same musicians. Uh, obviously, his manager, Glenn Wheatley, uh, who, who started managing him in 1980, who's still managing him today. And, of course, you think about uh, his wonderful wife and life partner, Gillian. I mean, they're still married. They got married in the, in the mid-1970s. He's still with her. There's just mm. that element of loyalty. He's loyal to friends, family, and more importantly, fans. And I think I think that's why we love him so much. He's an everyman, an every, everyday Australian man who loves what he does. And Jane, have you, in the process of writing this book, spoken to the man himself? Uh, it, at one point, it did look like John was actually going to come on board with the book, which, you know, I can't begin to tell you, filled me with dread because uh, it was a big enough book to take on, uh, you know, uh, without John's involvement. <laughs> Um, you know, just uh, tracking down all the people from, from, from different areas of his life and writing about the, the, the different decades of his life. Um, uh, and thankfully, at the last minute, he, he decided that he didn't want to come on board simply because he's been talking about himself for some mm. 40 40 odd so years and it would have been a far more stressful book for me to write um and I like the idea that this is not just a story told from John's point of view yeah it's a story told about his rise and his incredible uh stronghold on the Australian music scene which is which has not been which has not been uh surpassed by any entertainer in this country um but it's you know it's, it's the story of through the eyes of many others that were there along with the journey and 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 they're wonderful stories that's sounds- Sounds absolutely amazing. Did you manage to find out through all your research um, when the last tour is actually going to happen, Jane? <laughs> I think that I think the term "more more comebacks than Farnsy is uh, one that's going to stay in our vernacular for, <laughs> for, for for years to come. I mean, as I said, here's a man that just loves what he does so so much that he can't stop, you know, and, and, and you know, he, we still love him for that. We still love the fact that he gets out there and does it again. I mean, there's one, one amusing anecdote in the story, uh, in the book, uh, about about a man uh, who, who who saw the last time tour when it was actually announced as John Farnham the last time and bought tickets to the show. And then, of course, John uh, came back about four years later to do some do some small-scale shows. And he actually, the, the fan tried to take John Farnham to the Australian <laughs> Consumer Complaints Commission <laughs> Because he bought the tickets to the last time tour, believing that was in fact the last time he would ever see John Farnham, and of course the complaint was dismissed. But I think it, I think it's really amusing, you know, that somebody <laughs> tried to, do, you know, I love the fact that John can't keep away from the stage, and I don't think his fans would have it any other way. Definitely. Well, I reckon it's going to make a, a fantastic gift under any Christmas tree. It is out now. The Untold Story of John Farnham by Jane Gazzo and Jane. Just, it sounds like you've just had such a wonderful journey writing this it would have been amazing to be a fly on the wall through all of it but (laughs) awesome job and thank you so much for your time today thanks for having me Pip it's great to talk to you